everybody, and welcome to Feeling Seen, the podcast that talks about the movies that make us feel seen. Today's episode is such a special one. Around the Feeling Seen universe, we've been referring to my co-host as a kind of Ur figure. Someone whose blockbuster roles as a child actor allowed a lot of other kids to feel seen for the first time. Kihui Kwan is currently starring as several different Waymans in Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, a movie that has been gradually rolling out into more and more theaters across the country for the past couple of weeks. This marks his return to acting after a decades-long hiatus that was opted into, but in a lot of ways, not opted into at all. It's a hiatus that he took because he didn't feel there was a place for him in Hollywood anymore, at least not in front of the camera. We'll talk about how that's changed for him and what movie made him realize he could give it a try once more. And then later in this episode, of course, because it is the 20th anniversary of a landmark film, I will have one quick thing to say about Bend It Like Beckham. So get ready for that. But now, without any further ado, let's go to my conversation with Ki Hui Kwan. Uh, it is a true honor and a pleasure to introduce my co-host for today. He's somebody who could have been with you your entire life, really. Um, and you are revisiting and re-getting to know him again. Uh, you you may be familiar with Ki Hui Kwan's work from those early days in The Goonies as Data or in Indiana Jones and The Temple of Doom as Short Round. But you will know him well now from his starring role in the beautiful and brilliant and mind-bending new film, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Kihi Kwan, what have I left out in your introduction about you that we need to make sure the people know? Because you've had, you've had, you've had very fascinating jobs in the industry over the years, and I don't want to sell short anything you've done. Oh my God, Jordan, what an introduction. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I, I don't think I can do better than that, okay? <laughs> I will, you know, a thing I didn't anticipate when this movie started, the moment I, in, in Everything Everywhere, all at once, directed by the Daniels, uh, co-starring Michelle Yeoh, uh, of course, the legend Michelle Yeoh. Um, I didn't expect when you started talking to have such an internal emotional reaction to your voice because you don't you don't sound like a kid anymore, but there's something still just in like the core frequency of your voice to where you were immediately familiar and recognizable to me and and a person that had been a part of my life for literal decades. And I did not anticipate all of that rushing into me, seeing you at this age, at the stage of your career and feeling that same familiarity that I had felt since I was a kid. And that is an incredible connection to be able to maintain with people over such a long time. Wow, wow. You, you know, you know it, it, it's, it's funny you said that because when I stepped in front of the camera for the first time after more than 20 years away, uh, really the, all those wonderful memories that I had as a kid on the mm -hmm. set of Indiana Jones and Goonies came rushing back in. Uh, and I remember having, you know, a, a real sense of familiarity. I've been mm -hmm. here before. Yeah. Uh, and, and it felt really good. I, 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 and I felt like this is where I want to be. This is yeah. where I belong. Uh -huh. uh, and, and I was so happy. It's, it seems like, you know, at what point in working in everything everywhere, at any point were you able to kind of be like, this is my job. I'm doing my job. It's a, I am a career professional. Or was it always kind of inextricably wound together with the sort of the momentous retransition in your life back to being in front of the camera, having, you know, worked in front of the camera when you were a kid and then stepping away after so long of like 
not having the choice of roles that you would have liked, not having a ton of like work options come your way that you wanted to pursue and, and opting to go behind the camera instead, going to film school. Was there ever a point when there was a normal day, a normal day at the office in this? Or was it always kind of emotionally laden with, you know, working through a lot of layers at once? Especially you're in a role where you're working through a lot of layers at once. You know, for many, many years, I lied to myself. Mm -hmm. uh, I lied to myself that I don't like acting anymore. And it was when it was in, when I was in my early 20s, and I had to make that difficult decision because there was no opportunities for me. Mm. And I decided to step away. And, and you don't decide to step away. And then all of a sudden, your passion for that, for that profession is gone. Yeah. It doesn't go away right away. Mm -hmm. So I had to keep lying to myself and say, Key, you don't like acting anymore. You don't like acting anymore. And mm -hmm. every time I, 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 I had that urge uh, 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 to, to want to step in front of the camera again, it, it, it was it was so painful, and then I would just bury it. Mm -hmm. And it took me a long time to bury that 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 passion. Mm -hmm. And when I allowed myself mm -hmm. to be honest with myself, and I said, you know what, I can't deny the fact that this is what I want to do again. Mm -hmm. um, and and it was really emotional for me. It took me a long time to make that decision mm -hmm. because I know there was, I, I can't go back. There was no going back. Yeah. I've unearthed it. I've taken out the box that I've buried so deep and it's opening again and I cannot close it now. No, yeah, there was no, there, yeah. I, and I, and I know that I, I understood that mm -hmm. and, and I struggled with it a long time, just as much, as long as I struggled walking away from it. Mm -hmm. And, and I had like, Many, many nights of discussion with my wife. Yeah. Should I do this? Do I really want to do this? Mm -hmm. uh, when, when, and when I finally make the decision and I allow all those emotions, all those passions, all those years came rushing back to the surface. You know, I had the luxury of, of looking at how to put a movie together, how to make a movie from many different perspectives. Yeah. Many different angles. But I was so happy on this set, <laughs> I only put on one cap, which was yeah. the actor's cap. I didn't mm -hmm. want to be anything else. I didn't want to think about anything else. I just want to enjoy being an actor mm -hmm. that I didn't get to enjoy for many, many years. So yeah, every day it was it was a gift and I, and I treasure every single moment. Of course, having said that, I mean, it was a lot of work because we, it was a tight schedule. We, yeah. we, you know, we shot the movie in 38 days over a week period. Mm -hmm. So every day we were moving along at a rapid pace. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I, I never, at the end of the day, I would, I would really take it in and enjoy how beautiful it is to be mm -hmm. on a movie set as an actor. How was that first day sort of shooting? That feels like it could be like, I mean, obviously you, you prepped for months. You, you were working with a, 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 a body coach to like work on your physicality. You were working with, I think like a voice coach. You, you know, you're having to play all these myriad characters, the multiverse versions of yourself. And so like, you're in the work, you're focused, but was that, was there a moment where you had to kind of shake it off the first day and be like, oh my God, I'm back. Absolutely. I mean, no matter how much prep you do, I realize now that when you are in the moment where you're on the set mm -hmm. in front of the freaking Jamie Lee Curtis, <laughs> yeah. the freaking Michelle Yeoh and, and, and James Hong. I mean, nothing prepares you for that. Mm -hmm. and, and I literally had a, a moment, a, a, a moment of panic attack. Mm -hmm. uh, and I remember there was the very first shot. And when we were done with that shot, I, I, I ran up to the Daniels. 
And I said, oh my God, I, 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 was that good? Was that good? Is yeah. there anything you want me to change with my performance? Yeah. And they said, no, no, you're, you're fine. And uh-huh. then they moved on to, uh, to, to, to prep for the next shot. Mm-hmm. But still, I was really nervous. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it wasn't until there was one shot that I did. And Jamie Lee Curtis, as experienced as she is, yeah. she is always by the monitor watching. She's never <laughs> in a dressing room. Uh-huh. She's watching by the monitor. And when that shot was over, she ran up to me and she gave me a big hug and a big smile. She says, Key, that was fucking incredible. <laughs> That's so heartening. <laughs> to get that praise from her meant so much to me. Mm-hmm. In fact, I even got a bit emotional. And I walked on the set the next day with total confidence. And that's mm-hmm. how I finished the movie. Mm-hmm. And it everything everywhere all at once is the it's you know, it's it's interesting to describe because you could get into the minutia of it with a person you're trying to tell them about it. You're trying to talk about it to and be like, well, it's a story of string theory and multiverses and action and combat and coming together in interpersonal relationships. And you could start getting into the weeds of how interdimensional mental travel works. Or you could just say, it's the story of a family that's lost its connections to one another and has to go through an extraordinary series of circumstances to find their way back to their core of each other. And that too is an explanation of everything everywhere all at once. And it's phenomenal how this movie manages to take execution that is so sprawling and so delicate and just a high wire act the entire time. And oh, also there's a giant bagel that's a void of space and time where nihilism pours into the universe. Um, it is it is fascinating how this movie carries off its emotional balance amidst the spectacle And it was so incredible to watch you specifically give this heart-rendering performance of this father, this husband, this man, whose love kind of becomes the overpowering magnetic force keeping everybody glued in one spot when everything else is trying to pull them apart. And I found myself crying multiple times when Waymond is like beseeching the people around them to just care for one another. And I wanted to hear from you about the emotional work of getting to this really expressive place and being kind of the romantic hero of everything everywhere. I, what is, what was like, it does that, is that, a, is that a surprising read to you? Do you feel like that's a, an appropriate description of Wayman, like as a romantic hero character? Like, what do you think of that? Wow, wow. You know, first of all, that's what's so brilliant about this script and about the Daniels. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it uh, on the surface, it's a big science fiction, action, comedy, drama. Yeah. But like you said, at the core, it's about this family. It's about love and connection. And and I think the, the movie works. It's because of that. Mm-hmm. If you take that away, mm-hmm. it's nothing. But it's it's so beautifully written and 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 and, and shot and directed. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's 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 incredible. And I think, uh, I yeah, I I love my character Wayman and what he stands for. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, you know, he he's a true believer. He's a empathy. true believer. He's a true believer. Yeah, he loves his family so much. He's a he's a believer in empathy and in kindness and love. In fact, 
when Jamie Lee Curtis saw our movie for the first time, mm-hmm. she was so moved and touched by the message mm-hmm. of our movie. She sent all of us a poster <laughs> and it said, note to self, be kind, be kind, be kind. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and it's, it's so beautiful. And, you know, when I read the script, I cried so many times. Mm-hmm. And, um, and when we were to sh- about to shoot that scene where Wayman gives his speech about yeah. kindness. Yeah. A lot was going on. We <laughs> had so much freaking, going on. We had freaking like wind machine. <laughs> yeah. Like not one, but two. And then, yeah. and then like 20, 30 background actors, cast members, it was like a lot of people and the directors were really far away watching this monitor and there were like confetti flying around. <laughs> and yet I'm like, oh, oh my God, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm so nervous walking onto the set and about to deliver this amazing speech. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and there was so much going on. And I remember really like, like in a corner because I really wanted to give it justice. And when they roll camera, oh my God, I'm so sorry. No, 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 no. You take your time. I'm taking myself emotionally back to the day. Yeah. We we shot that scene. Those first words, please stop fighting. Yeah. All that tears just started coming out. Mm -hmm. All streaming down my cheeks. And I remember doing it for doing two takes. I was so emotional because it was such a beautiful, it was such a beautiful message. Mm -hmm. And when it was done, I couldn't stop crying. Mm -hmm. And I stepped off the set. I I was like, I was devastated. Mm -hmm. I, I literally, I couldn't stop crying. Mm-hmm. I just kept crying, crying, crying. And I remember Dan Kwan came up to me. And he saw, like, he, I, w- I was in trouble. I was really, I mean, my, my mind was like, my heart and my, my frame of mind was so deep into that, that character at that moment. Yeah. Uh, she came up, he came up and he says, and he made a joke. <laughs> he, he made a really funny joke <laughs> I laughed and he pulled me out of it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I thanked him for it mm-hmm. I mean I, I was in a mess after mm-hmm. that scene it was just because of what this character represents mm-hmm. and you know and watching it to this day I still mm-hmm. cry and what does what for you what is what is that that Wayman represents what is, what is the power of this character for you? And, and what do you think the power, what do you think the potential power of this character is for other people? Well, you know, you know, we, we have, oh my God, the world has gone through so much for the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. It has been truly everything, everywhere, all at once. <laughs> like for real, like honestly. Yeah. And, and, you know, and, um, oh my God, I'm, I'm a mess again. I'm so sorry. <laughs> 
I'm a mess. This is this is hard, man. This is hard. I wasn't expecting this. Come on. I thought you would be like asking simple questions. All right. Oh, I'm so sorry. Like, we like, like asked me you. what it was like working with Michelle, you know, or, or Jamie <laughs> Curtis, for God's sake, you know. Uh, but, you know, I mean, it's, you know, it really, I mean, it's, the, the, everybody has gone through a lot in the last couple of years. Yes. Uh, everybody that I know has experienced some, 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 some form of loss. And, um, and I, the stuff that we have been seeing in the media mm-hmm. and, and, and the, the, the horrendous stuff that is happening in U- Ukraine right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And if, my gosh, have we not learned anything mm-hmm. at all, mm-hmm. right? And, and here is this wonderful character that no matter what happens, he doesn't give up hope. He doesn't lose mm-hmm. sight of how grateful he is, how, how, how lucky he is. Mm-hmm. I feel that. Uh, and, you know, and, and honestly, I mean, if, if people can, if there's one thing that they can get out of this movie is, mm-hmm. I hope they all understand how important it is mm-hmm. to have empathy. Mm-hmm. Because empathy creates a pathway mm-hmm. for understanding and acceptance. Well, and I think, too, that I the the author, Mary H.K. Choi, she went and saw the movie and she talked about it afterwards. And a thing that she like she talked about feeling so healed by the movie and the movie creating a space for her to feel really healed with a ton of the a ton of the, you know, all the news that we're bombarded with here at home about hate crimes against Asian and Pacific Islander people against this like swell of nationalist sentiment that brings violence upon your community and your neighboring communities and a thing that she really rejoiced in about about everything everywhere was its also was its poignancy but its silliness too and its embrace of joy and its embrace of fun and she's like i never get to see people who look like me embrace our silliness on screen it's about our asian identity and it's about the things that are happening to us and it's about how we exist in con- in conversation with whiteness as opposed to how we just exist among each other with each other for each other and there's so much silliness and joy about that and i wanted to hear from you about the silliness that comes with hot dog fingers and with you talking about the raccoon version of waymond that exists in another universe the ratatouille version of him that exists and i wanted to hear about like the the way that this movie incorporates that joy as well and kind of the through the ability of multiverse storylines allowing you to reflect the complexity of a character and a person like yourself as opposed to having to play to something static that might be more that might be more in line with an echoing the less dimensional asian characters that we've seen on screen not just lately but for time immemorial <laughs> Jordan, by the way, I don't I don't even think you need my answer. You, you have spoken so eloquently <laughs> about our movie. Oh my god, I would love for you to go I would love for you to go on the press junket and, and explain what our movie is about because <laughs> I, I, I could not have said it better. You know, the the Daniels mm-hmm. are so freaking creative and mm-hmm. original and inventive. They created all these wonderful universes. Mm-hmm. Uh, for us to talk about, because, mm-hmm. you know, we're always in life, we'll always wonder what ifs, you know, you know, what would our life be like? Have we, you know, made a different choice mm-hmm. or go down a different path? Mm-hmm. And, 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 and our movie explores that. What are we like, you know, 
uh, uh, you know, have, have, you know, if you, if you didn't get married mm-hmm. or if you had taken a different job, I mean, it, it's just crazy. And it, it is silly. It is everything. In yeah. fact, you know, this movie, I went to film school. This is the movie that they tell you not to make. Real okay. Why is that? What is okay? Why is that? Because I I feel like that intuitively makes sense to me. But what at a like technical level are they like? Don't do this. First of all, they always say less is more, (laughs) and the Daniels go no more is not enough. (laughs) I'm a maximalist, so I love that. Yeah, and and then we have like wall to wall music. Mm -hmm. Yes. Once when once when we enter that IRS building. It just takes off and it never lets go. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it doesn't <laughs> let go until the very end. Mm-hmm. And by the very end, you're like exhausted emotionally, mm-hmm. physically. And yet you just feel like you have gone on this amazing roller coaster ride mm-hmm. through the farthest part of the multiverse mm-hmm. and then come back. And, 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 and it is an experience. It, it's an amazing movie. And I thought... Oh my God, I thought the Daniels pulled off the impossible feat. I mean, it's, it's, you know, we can have conversations about this, you know, again and again and again. But yeah. It's really that, that, you know, the audience need to go watch it, experience it for them, you know, for themselves and, and, and walk away mm-hmm. with whatever they want. I mean, in fact, look at the bagel. What does it mean? <laughs> what does it mean? <laughs> exactly. That was my first question for the Daniels. Yeah, you know? They were like, what does it mean to you? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> to everybody, it means different things. You know, it, it's whatever matters most to you. Right. Uh, uh, and yeah. And, and honestly, I mean, Jordan, to have this movie mm-hmm. as my comeback movie after more than 20 years. Yeah. And, and, and I was so nervous when right before it came out, because I really didn't know what the audience uh, think about my return. Yeah. Uh, the last time they saw me was, you know, I was a kid. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, it's, it, it, you know, that's all they remember me mm-hmm. by. It's, it's, it's short round Indiana Jones and the Goonies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I'm very proud of those movies. Yeah. Uh, there, there's always, you know, there's always a part of me that, you know, I'm happy that they love those movies. Yeah. But I'm an adult now. And yeah. I would love, I would love, love, love for people to go key. You were great in this movie. We love you as Wayman. Oh, by the way, <laughs> you were also great in Indiana Jones. And yeah. Yeah. Loved you as Data, too. Yes. Yes. I'm still processing how this moment came to be, really. Uh, I'm, I'm feeling very grateful, feeling very blessed. I have a lot of questions. I don't have a lot of answers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just ever since our movie came out, hearing and reading all those wonderful reviews, all those wonderful comments on our movie. Yeah. And, and, and on my performance has been, oh, my God, I am, you know, it's brought me to tears again and again and again. <laughs> uh, I'm, I, 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 I'm really happy. Uh, you have no I, I'm, I'm speechless. I have no words to describe my state of mind right now. Uh, aside from saying I'm, I'm so happy. Well, it, it's incredible to see something that is so it, it's so unexpected. And there's so much going on in this movie. But at the same time, it does feel like. In various ways, Wayman's story is also resonant with your personal story as Ki Hui Kwan. Like the the idea of possibility being so close that you feel like you can touch it, but having to hold yourself back from embracing it 
lest your heart be broken. Like you opting to move away from acting no matter how much you still loved it. And but the choice to continue to move forward, pursue a different professional track, go on your own strand of the multiverse while also being aware of this one that sits over just to the other side that you would love to know. And you love to say you, you hate to wonder what if like it's it's an incredible, beautiful symmetry, I find, between kind of your story as you've been telling it and Wayman's journey in this movie. You know, uh, the timing of all of this. It, it couldn't be more perfect. Uh, had they offered me this role 10 or 15 years ago, I, mm-hmm. I would have not been able to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and for me to, to, to emotionally go there for these characters, I mean, I really, I took myself back my entire life, all those experiences that I have in mm-hmm. life, all the ups and downs, all the peaks and valleys. And I always say this, you know, a, a full life is a life full of ups and downs. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't change a thing. Mm-hmm. I almost feel like, you know, everything had to happen in the order it did mm-hmm. for this very special movie to happen for me. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and I, you know, I, I mean, I poured my entire life into these three different characters. They yeah. are me. They, they, you know, they, they represent different phases of my life. Yeah. Uh, different times when, you know, for example, you know, when I, when, when, uh, when, when things were bad, I, I looked to Wayman for his hope mm-hmm. and love and yeah. kindness. Uh, when I wanted to give up, when I wanted to step away from this industry completely. Yeah. I looked for, I looked to the alpha Wayman because he's yeah. a fighter. Yeah. You know, he, he's a fighter. He doesn't give up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I understand the CEO Wayman completely. Mm-hmm. I understand the loss he felt, even though he's super successful. He has all the money in the world. Yeah, and, and so and so and so is Michelle's character Evelyn. But yet, if you look at them in that movie star universe, they're not happy. Yeah, and it says it speaks volume mm-hmm. to 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 about life, about how we need to treasure one another. I mean, you know, the the, the human experience is so precious. Mm-hmm. We can all, you know, we must all learn and share with each other, mm-hmm. you know? So, yeah, it's, it's you know, it's, again, every time I talk about it, I, I get emotional, but. Uh, <laughs> we are going to take a quick break, but we will be back to talk more with Ki Hui Kwan. Max Fun Drive is just around the corner. 2022. Starting April 25th, it's the best time of the year to support your favorite shows by becoming a Max Fun member or upgrading your membership. Just two weeks. We've got some great episodes and amazing thank you gifts in store. And who knows, maybe a few surprises. Don't forget bonus content. So make sure to tune in starting Monday, April 25th to get all the juicy details on what each show has in store. Actually, what are the details anyway? And why are they juicy? That's kind of a strange adjective to describe details. Look, it's a rough world out there, especially lately. I get it. So let's take care of our minds as best we can. I'm John Moe, host of Depression Mode with John Moe. Every week, I talk with comedians, actors, writers, musicians, doctors, therapists, and everyday folks about the obstacles that our world and our brains throw in front of us. Depression, anxiety, traumatic stress, all those mental health challenges that are way more common and more treatable than you might think. 
the first time I went to therapy, I was so ashamed, and I was like, I can't believe I gotta go into therapy. Like, I thought I could be a man, and Humphrey Bogart was never in therapy. And then my dad said, yeah, but he smoked a carton of cigarettes a day. Give your mind a break, give yourself a break, and join me for Depression Mode with John Moe. Welcome back to Feeling Seen. I'm your host, Jordan Cruciola, talking today with Ki Hui Kwan. We've been talking a lot about everything, everywhere, all at once, and what it was like to return to acting. Now let's talk about the recent movie that made Ki think maybe it was time to step back in front of the camera. Well, another movie you've been talking about a lot as you've discussed this movie is Crazy Rich Asians and how that was a real sort of paradigm shift in your mind for like, Allowing yourself to, con, you know, to dare consider again what was po- what is possible in a, in your career and, and having one in front of the camera. And I wanted to hear specifically about, like, how Crazy Rich hit you when you saw it and what it indicated to you for what was possible that it seems like probably felt impossible, which is what led to your decision to walk away decades ago. Like, what did that do in your mind for creating a sense of possibility when you watched that movie? You know, if my return says anything it is a testament to how important it is Mm -hmm. for not just asians but all groups of people to be Mm -hmm. represented in Mm -hmm. entertainment Mm -hmm. because until you see it you still can't believe that it can also be you up there on the screen and that's what that movie crazy which asians did for me yeah you know when i when i saw that movie and i remember i watched it three times in the movie theater (laughs) i I cried every single time i cried (laughs) Not, not only because it was a very moving story with amazing characters. Yeah. I was surprised because I had serious FOMO. Oh, yeah. For real. For real. Yeah. I started in this business in the early 80s. <laughs> and, and, and to watch all my fellow Asian actors up on the screen. Yeah. I, I was like, oh, my God. I, I, I wish I, I, I was up there with them. Mm-hmm. And really, and that was, when, that was when the idea of getting back into acting started to take place. Uh, uh, I, I couldn't believe it when I saw it because, oh man, this is, this was what I wanted for yeah. so many years, you know? Uh, and, and, and what's incredible is that over the years, I've met a lot of Asian talents working in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. They always come up to me and they go, Key, oh my God, you're the OG, man. Thank you for paving <laughs> the way for us to be here. Right. And what's really interesting is that they are the ones who paved the way for my return. Over the, over the last few years, the last 20 years, they have been relentlessly chipping away all those roadblocks, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. keeping at it uh, when, when, when the time was tough. They, they, mm-hmm. you know, they, 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 they never gave up. And, um, and, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful to them. I'm, I'm so happy. Again, you know, like I said, I, I, I don't want to look in the past. I want to look into the future. Yeah. Uh, because I'm 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 very optimistic. I'm I'm very inspired by what's been happening in the last few years, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm hopeful where things are going. Do you feel like with like knowing that like you know say you walk you walk forward and you carve the path as far as you can, and then these people come after you, you continue. They are your successors, and they carve the path ever further forward. Do you feel like at a place where you are now, you back working, you have worked with this phenomenal cast, these phenomenal filmmakers? And you're, do you feel like there is a more sense of a peer community around you of, of actors that 
was that there before when you were younger and looking for roles? Or do you feel like now there is a greater movement of solidarity around you where they're like, you're all pushing together as opposed to one person at a time kind of cutting through, cutting through? There is definitely a, 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 a much more solidarity. Yeah. In, in, in our community now. <clears throat> and I'll tell you the story and, and really, and, and this will maybe paint a, 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 a picture to show you how difficult it was in, in the 80s. Um, mm. I was always one of the, you know, you know, the only Asian face on, on, on a movie set. Yeah. So when I see another Asian face in the business, naturally, you know, you, you would want to gravitate toward them. And, right. and because we share, you know, the same heritage, we share the same culture, we speak mm-hmm. the same language. And, and at that time, I always find it was really weird, but now I, I, I understand it. They were always reluctant mm. to, 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 you know, to get close to me because they want to assimilate. Yeah. And, and, you know, with everybody. If you align with whiteness, you align with power and you align with opportunity. Exactly. Exactly. So, so it was, you know, I, 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 I would, you know, I, I didn't understand it. Then I was like, why, you know, you know, why are you pushing me away? You mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. but of course, you know, I, I understood it not only now, but I understood it, you know, later. Yeah. As I got older, because I just didn't have the maturity mm-hmm. to understand that as a kid. Yeah. You know, but as an adult, I understand it. I get it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is, that is, in fact, you think about it. My given name is Ki Hui Kwan. Mm-hmm. And for, and as I got older, when I was in my late teens and early twenties, I changed it to Jonathan Ki Kwan. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, and. I think a lot of minorities can understand this. Mm-hmm. Uh, our names, you know, uh, oftentimes can can take you know a minute or two to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Some butcher it completely. Mm-hmm. Some don't even bother with it at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I, I remember I, I used to I, I did a TV show, uh, and, and we would shoot it in front of a live audience. Mm. And right before each taping, uh, the cast would get introduced. And every time the announcer got to my name, he would struggle. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, I thought it would be easier if I changed it to a, an American, you know, a traditional American name. Yeah. And that's why I chose Jonathan. Mm-hmm. And I, I think, I, God, I, I think there, there was a lot to be said about that. I don't want to get into it, but, I, you know, but yeah, it, that's that's it, a whole it, podcast on yeah, its own. Exactly. But but, you know, so when I decided to get back to acting, I, I that was one of the things that I wanted to do was was to go back to my to my given name, because going back to acting is going back to my roots and yeah. my and my given name, you know, carries so much. With, with my heritage and my family. And, and yeah, and, and it, it just seemed really fitting. Mm-hmm. But yes, I mean, just like what you said, you know, uh, now, I mean, coming back now as an actor and seeing our community, there's definitely a much, much stronger sense of solidarity. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, you know, I, 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 I'm seeing a lot of the, of the Asian community reaching out a hand mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. those in need. Totally. And not just Asians, they, you know, they, they understand how difficult it was for them. Mm-hmm. So they're, offer, they're very willing to offer a hand to anybody in need mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and to offer, oh, oh, you need this. I mean, they, you know, they, they you know, they would be the first one there. And mm-hmm. I'm seeing that now and I'm, I'm really happy. Mm-hmm. And that's why I say I'm so hate. I'm so hopeful, mm-hmm. you know. 
thinking about Crazy Rich and and <clears throat> everything everywhere in those movies kind of in conversation with each other because, you know, wanting to talk to you about them, I started thinking about a thing that like I'm I'm a queer person in the in the a thing that we talk about a lot among like my peers and my friends is like not wanting to be defined as the the opposition to straight people, the opposition to non-queer folks, but wanting to just be defined in our queerness with one another. And I I know that I've spoken to to uh, several black filmmakers who have talked about how they still feel like that an argument they feel like they still have with like executives is that their blackness still needs to exist in contrast to whiteness to become valid and to become real. And with Crazy Rich Asians and with Everything Everywhere, you have these large ensemble casts of all Asian actors. And it feels like there is the opportunity. It simply, the community simply gets to define itself among itself as opposed to in comparison to something else. And I kind of wanted to hear from you about like, a whole ensemble cast completely of like non-white characters through which to identify with one another as opposed to like we are the we are not defining ourselves as the other we are specifically us in all of these nuanced and specific ways you know that that's what's so great about everything everywhere all at once uh you know every time you have a a a minority up on the screen and you're trying to tell a story about a minority Mm -hmm. oftentimes it has to be about identity. Yes. And and this movie is not that. It's about family. It's about, you know, very relatable issues. Mm-hmm. Families of all race. Mm-hmm. Of, 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 it, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter who you are. You can mm-hmm. relate to, you know, mm-hmm. a husband and a wife, you know, being disconnected after many years of, of, of marriage. Yeah. Uh, the, the intergeneration trauma, you know. Uh, and and uh, and it, it touches upon that. And what I love about one of the message in this movie is that it, it, it asks you to please accept everyone and all of us, all of us are entitled to be uniquely ourselves. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that is simply enough. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it, it's just. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, it's it's a. <laughs> Oh my God, I wasn't expecting this interview to go, you know, <laughs> you know this route. <laughs> I appreciate you going with it. Really? Um, well, well, uh, uh, just a side question that I did want to ask you, because you have worked um, in part of your, some of your behind the scenes work you've done, um, like stunt fight coordination and, and action choreography. I wanted to hear about, because like, I'm a big genre movie fan, I'm a big action movie fan, and a, a buddy of mine once described um, fight scenes and action movies as just like the, the musical interludes in a musical film, or the dance within a ballet. And I wanted to hear from you about, you know, your training in and your bodily awareness of sort of the lyricism of the of martial arts on screen and and that bodily action on screen and communicating as a physical presence in that way. That's just this is a vanity question for me because I'm super interested in action stuff. You know, I, I was very lucky. Uh, I I was able to uh, work with a really really like talented uh, action director named Koi Yuan. Uh, in fact, he directed Michelle Yeoh's first movie. Yes, Madam. Uh, uh, he, huge fan of Michelle Yeoh and Yes, Madam, and her 15 costume changes in that movie. Huge fan. Yes, yes. So so <laughs> I, I I was I was really fortunate to work with him and. And, and for many years, he took me under his, you know, his wings and, and taught me mm-hmm. what it takes to do an, an action sequence. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and a, a good action sequence is not just about punches and kicks. Mm. 
there's a lot of you know beauty and 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 story that goes into the you know there's the craft of of choreographing mm-hmm. an action sequence. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you know, you know, you throw a punch, me blocking it. I mean, that's easy. But how do you how do you tell a story mm-hmm. within that short amount of time? Uh, and 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 that's the challenge. Mm-hmm. And and, and uh, you know, I, I was you know, I, I'm I'm lucky to be able to uh, to learn from him and and to really understand how to shoot it, how to edit it, yeah. how to choreograph it. And our movie, there was a lot of great action sequence and it's really yeah. kudos to credit to, to our stunt team. Mm-hmm. Uh, our, our stunt coordinator, Tim Ulick, and our wonderful Marshall Club boys, Andy and Brian Lay, they, they did an <laughs> amazing job. Uh, and yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, I, I, I had the, the best of time making mm-hmm. those. It was really wonderful. And, you know, I, I think that the sequence speaks for themselves. Um, oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess then um, I think I have to move into wrapping it up with you, which I'm very sad about. But my final question would be to you then, you know, with all the Waymans that you came to know, um, and through that, I would imagine all the Kihui Kwans that you came to call upon in being able to play all these versions of this person, which which multiverse Waymond or which multiverse Kihui uh, do you find yourself calling upon now as you move through this stage of, of putting this movie out in the world and and moving into a new era of your career? Which is the one that's that's getting you through? You know, for many many years, I I I I, I fantasized about. You know different universes. Mm-hmm. You know, you know mm-hmm. what I would be like had I had you know, you know different opportunities. Yeah. But to be honest, I kind of like the present universe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I really do because uh, I, I, you know I'm I, I like things. I like where things are going. I like where I am now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I, I, I'm still incredulous um, how all of this came to be, uh-huh. uh, how fortunate and blessed I'm feeling now mm-hmm. uh, for this movie, for, for, for this opportunity to work with this amazing cast. Believe me, I, I've spent a lot of my younger days daydreaming. My mind is not here. It's elsewhere. <laughs> yeah. But I think... I think now I, I want to be here. I want to yeah. be in the present. I really want to to enjoy this moment. It, it, it's been it's it's been incredible. Uh, so I would say I would not I would not refer to any other Kihui Kwans or any <laughs> other Waymans or any other universes. I just I just want to be here now. I, I'm so happy right now. I can't imagine having a more preferred answer to that question than um, the Kihui that that sits here is now and is of the moment and is looking forward. And I just want to thank you so much for your time today and for being so generous and and warm in this interview. Thank you. This has been wonderful. Thank Jordan, you, Jordan. I must say, I was not expecting this. You don't <laughs> you don't you don't give your 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 guests an easy route, do you? I, I wasn't expecting to cry to laugh. It's it's uh, but you know but really thank you for having me. It's a wonderful conversation that I wasn't expecting. Thank you again, Keith, for coming on. This was such a wonderful time. I've had the I've had a blast. I can't thank 
Kihui Kwan enough for sharing his story with us today. Um, I was so excited when I found out, you guys, that we were going to get to have a conversation with him. And I'm, I'm, I feel so privileged that he took the time to talk to uh, our wonderful little podcast. If you haven't seen everything, everywhere, all at once yet, and you are able to get to a theater, uh, please go check it out. Now's the time. It is something that really, again, if you're comfortable doing it, uh, that is really best experienced on a on a big screen. And shouts out to uh, fight coordinators, the Marshall Club, for the incredible work that they do in this movie. Um, Marshall Club, you're kicking ass. I cannot wait to see more of your work in more movies to come. And if you've seen it, uh, I dare you to go see it again and keep it together during Key's big monologue. That is your challenge. That is your feeling scene challenge to go see everything everywhere all at once again and not cry. Good luck. But now I have got to talk about one quick thing before we go. And that is the incredibly special... 2002 film from director and co-writer Garinder Chada that co-stars in two formative performances. If you are anything close to a millennial, particularly a millennial woman, uh, the the part of Jess, played by Paraminder Nagra, and the part of Jules, played by Kira Knightley, Bend It Like Beckham is the story of two young girls uh, growing up in London, two teen girls growing up in London, and they find one another and companionship and love through the game of soccer. And it's a bit of a subject with Bend It Like Beckham. They find love because inexplicably, because it's 2002, they are competing quietly uh, for the affections of their adult soccer coach, Joe, played by Jonathan Reese Myers, even though, even though every single queer out there knows the one true pairing of Bendit Like Beckham is Jules and Jess. I just want to say shouts out to this movie. Bendit Like Beckham is such a, it's still such a perfect gem of an experience. How many of us, including our producer Marissa Flaxbart, how many of us learned the rules of soccer watching Jules's dad explain what offsides meant to his wife using the salt and the teriyaki sauce on the table in the backyard? I kind of feel not quite to the same same height, but I kind of feel like sentimental about Bend It Like Beckham in a similar way that I feel to it about now and then. Just sort of like girl friendship and finding your way at a tender age. And the connection between Jess and Jules is great. Jonathan Reese Myers, I feel like this was when a lot of American uh, youngsters at the very least were introduced to his beautiful face. And I think that was a, that too was a coming of age moment for us to experience Coach Joe. But like, you know, also for all these years, somebody responded to me on Twitter talking about this movie and said that Bend It Like Beckham is the gayest straight movie ever made. And that's just, that's just gotta be true, you guys. Like you, how many, there are so many stills that you can pull from Bend It Like Beckham where it's like, oh, and this is where Jess and Jules make out. Oh, it's not. Oh, they're they're heterosexual. There's even a plot line in it where 
Jules's parents, mom particularly, is very concerned she could be a lesbian, leading us to the iconic line uh, from Keira Knightley, just because I wear trackies and like sport does not make me a lesbian, as Keira Knightley says. And you know what? Let's let's give a moment of praise to both of these lead actresses. Paramedra Nagra is absolutely wonderful and and tender and and kind of ferocious at times in the part of Jess. And this is like, this is the breakout for Kira Knightley. We get her in Bend It Like Beckham in 2002 when she's probably 17 years old. She may have filmed this movie at 16. And then just the next year, we get her in Pirates of the Caribbean and Love Actually, where she is a 17 to 19-year-old girl, depending on when these movies were filmed and came out, uh, being pursued by or marrying considerably older adult men. But this is this is the movie that really introduced us to her star power and her peerless jaw acting. And as somebody who is a sucker for a strong jaw, Kira Knightley, all-time star, all-time hottie. Uh, thank you. Thank you both, Paraminder and Kira, for being uh, queer icons. We we're all out here waiting still. If we got the Santa Clara years sequel to Bend It Like Beckham, where they went off to college and found love with one another as like upper division collegiate soccer athletes, I think we'd all be pleased to receive that right now to see Jess and Jules maybe maybe raising their family in beautiful Santa Clara, California. I don't know. It's a possibility. Um, but yeah, thank you, Bend It Like Beckham, for 20 years. Thank you, Bend It Like Beckham for giving us one of the great going out outfits of the 2000s with Kira Knightley in in the club in her chainmail top in her low 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 rise jeans and her belt with a million eyelets on it this movie is a wonderful taste of the 2000s in certain ways and if you know anything about me you know that really plucks at the strings of of my nostalgia so thank you bend it like beckham once again uh we know you're gay even if you don't know you're gay um (laughs) so we we live with that knowledge in our queer hearts as canon and that is our show for today. You can follow us on Twitter at Feeling Scene Pod or join our Facebook group at www.facebook.com slash groups slash Feeling Scene Pod. You can also send us an email at feelingscene at maximumfun.org. If you want to follow me, I'm Jorcru on Twitter. That's J-O-R-C-R-U. Our theme music is by Andrew Epen. The show is produced by Marissa Flaxbart. Our senior producers are Kevin Ferguson and Laura Swisher. And this is a production of Maximum Fun. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.